Hey, Danas and Beckys, what you're about to hear is an encore presentation of one of our favorite episodes from the Don't Ask Tig archives. Please enjoy. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Don't Ask Tig season three. I have an amazing guest today and so many incredible guests lined up for episodes to come. I had a wonderful time taking a break, but I have to admit, I'm very, very excited to be back. I wanted to let you know I'm going to be doing a show in Delaware on November 4th, and I don't remember the town, but it's not a big state. Just Google around and what have you. Also, make sure to check out my other podcast, Tig and Cheryl True Story. And I'm just happy to be back. And if you have any other questions about what I'm up to, always go to tignotaro.com. Okay, so there you have it. Here we go. Can't wait to get started. So without any further ado, let's get into it. When you came to my show in Los Angeles and I saw you in the parking lot, I was like, what are you doing here? How did you find out about the show? And you said, um, the internet. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. This is Don't Ask Tig. I'm Tig Notaro, back for a whole new season of possibly high-quality, definitely highly unqualified advice. My guest today is an actress, producer, and author. You know her as the voice of Princess Anna in Frozen and Frozen 2. Recently, she starred in Netflix's comedy The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. And she's also known for her leading roles in the hit TV shows, The Good Place and Veronica Mars. Kristen Bell, my best friend, thank you for being here on Don't Ask Tig. But also, you're not my best friend. I don't want anyone to think that maybe we're best friends, but I really like you a lot. Wait, I want people to think we're best friends. Who cares if we actually are? Let's just say it. Let's put it out there. Maybe it'll happen. We don't know, Mm -hmm. you know? We don't know. We don't know what's coming in life. No. But seriously, who's your best friend? Uh, Well, I say my daughter, my oldest daughter is my best friend because we say Mm. that most often. But I have have, um, Mm. six girlfriends that ended up being my pandemic pod. I'd call them all my best friends. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of am not really into the best friend label. I feel like it felt more like from childhood, whereas... Now it's just like I have a lot of really great friends. Yeah, and as I grew up, I felt the same thing. You know, I have a close-knit group of friends, which, yeah, if you Mm -hmm. think about the definition of BFF when you're little, it's more forward-facing, right? It's like for your brand when they're, you know, but now it's like, no, who Mm -hmm. are my close, like, friends that feel like chosen family? And who's the one that I can cry with? Who's the one that will go on a hike last minute? Oh my gosh. What if I become the one that you just want to cry to? I I mean, I... Maybe. We don't know. That's the thing. We We don't don't know know what's going to happen. So rumor has it that you went on an epic road trip this summer. Tell me what role... 
did you take on this trip? Were you the navigator, the driver? Were you... Baggage. Mostly baggage. <laughs> Mostly baggage. Wait, you were the actual baggage or you carried Both. the baggage? Both. Whoa. I okay. shoved myself into a suitcase and I carried myself. Um, The rumors are true, which mm. I rarely say that. I guess my family, the four of us, my husband and two daughters, finally started feeling that antsy itch post-COVID of not having gone anywhere in so long. So we said, let's plan an epic summer. So in like February, we decided we were going to go to the F1 race in Austria in the beginning of July, Formula One. Are you familiar? I've heard of it. Race cars. Um, And the Austrian Red Bull ring is like one of the most beautiful, picturesque places you could possibly go. So we went to Austria for a week, went to the F1 race with our kids. Then we rented a car and we drove all around Italy. Mm -hmm. And then we came home for a week and then we got into our motorhome. Her name is Big Brown. You own a motorhome? Well, yes. We own a bus. Dax would be mad if I didn't say bus. We own like a tour bus. And sometimes he tells people Aerosmith is over. (laughs) She's brown Mm -hmm. and she's in the driveway. So she's directly in front of my bay kitchen window. Oh, that's nice. It's quite the view. You never know what's going to happen. That's the thing. That's the thing about life. You don't know you're going to fall in love with Dax, who's going to want an Aerosmith bus parked in front of your bay window? You don't know. If you had asked me when I was in high school Mm -hmm. what my life would be, I'd be like, well, obviously I'm going to marry a Greenpeace worker and we'll do like a lot of philanthropy. We'll like travel (laughs) around and like help people. Like I had no idea that I would marry a hillbilly from Michigan where I'm from. And I'm literally lucky he has all his teeth because he's everything that a good Michigan hillbilly should be, which is he's super into motorsports. There's six or seven motorcycles in the driveway. Our house always looks like a parking lot outside. But Big Brown is here to stay. It's actually really, Mm -hmm. really fun for us to be in the motorhome. For some reason, our family does very well in tight spaces. There's no option to fight. You got to get over your grudges quick. You got to get over being grumpy quick. You're face-to-face with someone. You're knocking on the bathroom door. Mm -hmm. So anyway, in August, after Italy, we jumped in Big Brown. We drove to Idaho and stayed on the Snake River for a week in Swan Valley. So beautiful. I love Idaho. So beautiful. So beautiful. And we were there with a bunch of friends. And then we drove up to South Dakota. Wow. Staying at places on the site called Hip Camp, which is basically Airbnb for motorhomes. Wow. And you stay on people's property because they have like a Jenny and a plug-in in their front yard and you just like park and you give them the 50 bucks or whatever. And are they like, oh my gosh, Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard? Once we get there, there's usually a little bit of like pretty major confusion, but they've <laughs> all been lovely and uh-huh. they're excited, but they also don't care too much, which is great. Yeah. Then we went to Mount Rushmore. And then we drove to North Dakota and stayed right by the lake, bathed in the lake every day. The kids caught frogs. And then we came home. And how long was that road trip? Almost three weeks. See, I want to get something like that. Probably not a tour bus, but it's kind of Stephanie's worst nightmare. But I think she might come around to it. It's more fun than you think. And you asked me what my job was. Oh, right. I forgot. I have driven it like 10 feet before. Mm -hmm. It's not comfortable. It's 45 feet. 
And usually we're towing something like a trailer bed with like a razor and some motorbikes and the girls' bikes, their motorcycles. But I do snacks. I'm really good at snacks. Well, that answers my question. If you need someone to do snacks, (laughs) you got your girl. Because everyone in my family rides motorcycles and I'm not qualified. I'm like barely qualified to use the oven. That's like my max machinery. So both of your daughters ride? Yeah. Okay. See, I can drive motorcycles, boats. I can drive trucks with trailers. I can back up a trailer. I just haven't driven a tour bus, but I feel like I could do it. I can kind of drive anything. I didn't know this about you. Mm -hmm. Well, how does Stephanie feel about snacks? Because you need one of each. Yeah, she's good at that. In fact, we've had a conversation recently about thruples. Wait, like in the zeitgeist or like at your home? Well, it's come up in our home. Like, have you heard about thruples? Mm. Or did you know they were in a thruple? And, you know, that kind of thing. And Stephanie said, what are your thoughts on that? And I said, it seems overwhelming. Like, I wouldn't know where to sit. Like, are there enough seats? And Stephanie said, well, I would only be open to it because I feel like what we're missing in our relationship is someone that can put together a gift basket. (gasps) And so that's possibly, I guess, maybe you never know what's going to happen in life. That's the thing. I don't know that it's for me. Okay, but Stephanie's looking for someone to put a gift basket together. Just keep an open mind. You just never know. You just never know. You never know. Now, Kristen, you're a multitasker. Let's be honest. You're a working producer and actor. You've written a children's book, support multiple nonprofits, and even founded a line of all-natural baby products. How do you decide what you're going to do next? To be honest, I don't ever know. Mm. My capabilities with planning and like high-level management Mm -hmm. run in a 24-hour cycle. So beyond that, I can't really plan much. I've taken everything in my life based on gut reactions. Mm -hmm. Like what is this adding value-wise to my spirit right now, to my narrative self, to my experiential self? Like I take those all into consideration and the older I get, it's way more about my experiential self, to be honest. Like Mm -hmm. how how much time is this going to allow for me to spend with my kids, Right. be with my family, do the things that I want to do? Because I did hustle. I was a freaking hustler when I was in my early 20s. When I was looking 14. Yeah. I was like trying to do every piece of work out there. And Mm -hmm. I was, you know, working 16, 17 hour days nonstop. And then I just kind of hit a point where I want to be home a lot more. And some of the business things like starting Hello Bello, not only aligned with what my values were and what Dax and I were thinking at the time, which is the short version is we had had a baby it wasn't lost on us that we went to all these little boutiques and bought these great baby products. And that just wasn't a possibility for my sisters in Michigan or people who I knew were on a budget. And we leveraged our celebrity with getting an economy of scale started in a company that could manufacture here in the US and give very high quality premium baby products, diapers, lotions, potions, vitamins, et cetera, to people without having to choose between their baby or their budget. And ultimately, I guess it's kind of like, what kind of story do I want to tell? Because with the company, you're still telling a story, you know? Mm-hmm. And then um, the last couple jobs that I've taken, I've been really lucky that they've run a long time. Like House of Lies ran for five years. Good Place ran for five years. So I'm really, if we're being honest, I'm only making one decision every five years about what to do. 
And it's a gut instinct. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? I'm thinking I've come around on a five-year decision-making for you because you and I have a top-secret project under wraps that we're working on that hopefully can keep you home with your family more and myself as well. I have a feeling it will. It's the toppest, secretest project. Yes. And I have a feeling that uh, when it shows up, it will. Well, we know it'll run for 100 years. Exactly. You just gave away that it might be something you can view, but (laughs) we don't need to talk about that. Okay. And lastly, what is it like for you being married to somebody with such a massively successful podcast? It makes me so proud, but not proud of him, proud for him, if that makes sense. Because he's always had this like wise insight into life and human relations that he shares with our family all the time. But prior to him having a podcast, no one kind of knew that part of him. And watching his audience grow and how he relates to people and how he wants to sort of reduce shame around every corner and let people know mistakes are okay. It, I don't know, it's really sexy. But I will say in the beginning, I did not anticipate that his podcast would be so big. When he first came to me, he was probably hadn't worked as an actor in like a year and was like, I want to start a podcast. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. You should do a podcast. Everyone's doing a podcast. And then cut to, you know, six months later, they had like so many people listening and had this like huge army of people. They call themselves armchairies. And it's just thrilling. He was born to chat. He was born to talk. And sometimes we differ on that. When I come home at night, I'm like, I don't want to talk. I just want to go to bed or I just want to be silent. And so this actually is perfect also for our marriage because he gets to talk all day and have this huge career in talking. And I get a little relief at night because he's kind of talked out. Right. I like being married to him very much. Well, I would hope so. And um, I uh, I was only asking because, you know, Stephanie doesn't know what it's like to be married to a massively successful <laughs> podcast host. Um, now, do people frequently come to you for advice? Um, a fair amount. I'd say a fair amount. I think mm-hmm. that I offer a lot of unsolicited advice. Dax is always reminding me not to do that because... A lot of people don't like unsolicited advice. I am mm-hmm. a person who does because my mind frame is like, I want to know how you did it and you did it and you did it and you did it. And like, I get to choose which one I take. Yeah. But some people are more sensitive to it. So I've tried to give less advice over the years, but I will say I am a soft landing pad for my close friendships in the advice department. That's good to know as you and I are getting much closer. Kristen, It's time for listener questions. Okay. This first question concerns a problem you unintentionally helped to create. You personally. What? Well, listen. Holly writes, I work at a preschool as a teacher's assistant. The main teacher I help out is usually pretty easy to work with and nice. But there's one thing she does that drives me nuts. She plays the same Disney princess songs 
mostly from Frozen 1 and Frozen 2 every single day. I really don't want to make things awkward with her by asking her to change up the music, but man, it's been driving me crazy, not to mention ruined my love for the movies. Any advice? Let's go directly to Kristen Bell. Uh, wait. Ruined her love for the movies in general? Like the experience of movie going? No, for the movies you're in, Kristen. All my films. (laughs) These two (laughs) movies. It's ruined my love for the movies. It's Frozen 1 and Frozen 2. You did this to her. Okay, what I'd first like to say Mm -hmm. is I'm sorry. And that's... Okay, moving on. Yeah, that's pretty much all I can come up with is I really (laughs) am sorry. I was one of, I think, the only households that didn't have it (laughs) on a loop requested by their kids because though you might think my children would be excited to have me in it, They don't want to talk about it. Nothing I do is cool. Anytime I try to give them a behind the scenes, like, actually, you know, when Jonathan (laughs) and I were doing this scene, they're like, mama. (laughs) Now, psychologically, I respect that Mm. as they're trying to assimilate with a larger tribe. They've got to reject their parents. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm sorry, Holly. By the way, our family went through it, too, driving (sighs) to school. Our sons, it's particularly one of them, wanted to hear, and I can't even remember the song. Let it go, of course. Let it go. Yeah. Well, okay. not my song, Holly. So you know what? I'm only partially sorry. Adina owes you okay. an apology. I'll tell you how we've gotten out of kids' music, which is the only thing I can relate to. Okay. When the girls were born, Dax is generally allergic to children's music, kind of including Mm -hmm. Disney ones. And he's allergic to musical theater. So again, I don't Mm -hmm. know why I married him. But Mm -hmm. he said, I really want to not play children's music ever. I was like, great. So we've been playing almost exclusively Yacht Rock. Aerosmith? No, Yacht Rock. Oh, Yacht Rock. For the girls. And they are like, huge Mike McDonald fans, huge Hall & Oates <laughs> fans. Their taste great. is kind of awesome. So I don't know how to get out of this, Holly, other than saying, hey, could we play a different genre of music today to expose the kids? Yeah, and what you could also say, Holly, is Kristen Bell herself suggested we turn this off and listen to some Yacht Rock. Michael McDonald. Bingo. Yeah, You cannot go wrong with Yacht Rock. I saw Michael McDonald live in a in the middle of a park in Ohio and incredible concert, okay? Why would you not share that with these children? Also, you could if you're a teacher, Holly, be slightly more calculated and say you want to insert a little music education because when my girls are mm-hmm. home from school sick, I said, mm-hmm. "Well, your ears aren't sick, so when they're home from school, we do like an introspective on a different artist. So we've done Billy Joel, we've done mm-hmm. Alanis Morissette, we've done Lionel Richie, and I basically make them listen to like their top three albums, and then I quiz them on the song names. And now, what are the ages of your daughters? Um, seven and nine. Okay, all right. And when did you start doing the? Um, well, your ears aren't sick. Probably two years ago. Okay. Yeah." All right. Well, Holly, yeah, it comes directly to you from Princess Anna herself. Turn it off. Turn it off, Holly. Yeah. 
Don't even ask her. Just flick it off. Yeah. Yeah. That I get the feeling Holly wouldn't just flick it off. Yeah, she's nicer than yeah. that. Yeah, she's way nice. All right, Kristen, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more questions. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. You can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Sephora, and Zappos. And even stack deals on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Kristen, this next one was sent in by a concerned dog mom. Hi, Tig. My dog, Jolene, goes to a doggy daycare. Throughout the day, the daycare shares photos and videos on Instagram of the pups playing. They never post Jolene. Is there a socially acceptable way I can ask for my girl to get some social media coverage? Do I need to find a new daycare? Thanks so much. Well, Kristen, this is perfect. You've grabbed your adorable pup. Yeah. That is a very, very cute pup and to hold through this question. Look how many legs, though, Tig. Oh, I feel like one is missing. Yeah. One's missing. This is a three-legged pup. Oh, man, are you lucky. The dog's so cute. And then, and not that I want an animal to be missing a limb. <laughs> but it makes him cuter. You can say it. Well, it's like when babies have glasses on. Exactly. You know, exactly. you want them to see, but oh my gosh, look how cute. It's objectively cuter, so I don't think either of us need to feel guilty. Okay. Plus, he doesn't even know he lost his leg. Well, he doesn't know anything. That's, tr- well, you never know. I don't know how much he knows. Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling it's not much. Not much. But I feel like I would just be very direct and say, man, I love having my dog at your daycare and I love seeing all the photos. How's about a little Jolene? You know, I don't think it's a crazy request. It's not offensive. Not at all. You just want to see your dog. I want to go a little bit further though. Wait, so she wants to see her dog posted so that she can see what they're doing during the day? Yeah, and probably just like everybody else's dog has shown up in the photos. Just Throw up a photo of Jolene. I think what threw me off is the phrasing of how do I get my dog more social media coverage, which made me want to ask the question, 
what is that going to lead to? Why do you think your dog needs more social media coverage? But if it is just about seeing your dog, Mm -hmm. then yeah, you can just say, oh, I haven't seen Jolene in a picture in a while. Can can you take some tomorrow? Always make it active. Make your requests active. Can you take some tomorrow? Oh, there you go. The businesswoman says, make it active. Shelby, thanks for writing in. Feel free to send us a picture of Jolene anytime. We'll post it, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. What if we get a picture of Jolene and she's like really not photogenic and that was why they weren't posting any pictures? Yeah. And then we just don't post the picture of Jolene. Oh, Shelby. And then that makes this whole problem worse for Shelby. Yeah. And then Shelby's writing another show asking to get advice about how to approach us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Shelby... Really, send us a picture of Jolene. There are no ugly dogs, Shelby, so you'll be fine. Same with babies. Yeah. I mean, ugly babies and ugly animals, there's nothing cuter. That's true. Ah, Kristen, our next question was sent in by a different Kristen, if you can believe that. Or maybe it was you. (laughs) We never know. We don't know. Yeah, we're about to find out. We're about to find out. Kristen writes, my next door neighbor is hosting her 60th birthday party in a few weeks, and she called to invite me, not simply as a guest, but as a judge for the backyard singing competition portion of her party. She has never invited me over before, and we do not know each other well, which is why she thinks I will make a good neutral judge. My inclination is to decline, but she is literally just on the other side of a white picket fence, so she will easily see if I choose to stay home. Do I make up an excuse and send her flowers instead? Do I ignore my instincts and agree to judge this singing competition? This is such an awkward invitation that causes me great anxiety. You seem like a good neighbor and one who loves awkward party moments. Help. Well, you're right. I do love awkward party moments. Um, I just love awkward moments in general in life. It makes me feel alive. But here's the thing, Kristen, even if this is Kristen Bell, I feel like people don't seem to understand this. And I'll get your take in a second, Kristen, but you don't have to tell someone why you're not available. You know, even if she sees that you're home, you can just say, oh, I'm sorry, that doesn't work for me that day. Take no is a complete sentence, right? That is right, businesswoman. No is a complete sentence. Unless this person is out of her mind, this person is not going to follow up and say, but why? Why can't you? What are you doing? You just say, I'm not available. Have a great party. It sounds fun. Even if she does follow up, the people that follow up, it's like when you send like a thank you card and you say follow up and say, did you get my thank you card? It's like, did you send it so that I could talk to you about it? Or did you send it to say thank you? Like those right. are the people that actually need to hear. There is no follow up needed here. There's no. a tiny little social no. slap on the wrist. I don't mind that. And people's time, it's precious. Like if you want to have the day off, you don't want to go judge a birthday party. Who cares what you're doing with your time? If you want to sit and stare at the wall, do that, Kristen. Your anxiety, Kristen, me, is coming Mm -hmm. probably from 
the perceived label that you will receive about not being a quote, good person or good neighbor because you are not willing to participate in this event. But that label is nonsense. It doesn't matter what other people think about you. It only matters what you think about yourself. And the only person you need to be better than is the person you were yesterday. And Time is expensive. Are you writing this down, Tay? I'm throwing out so many nuggets right now. I never <laughs> listen to you. And so I know they're recording this episode. So someone will hear Are it. Are you just looking at the lines of us talking and seeing when mine stops? <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Now, yes, you don't have time is the most expensive thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. You don't need to justify anything. That said, if I received an invitation, to judge a singing competition full of 60-year-olds, you bet your butt I would be there. I hear you. That sounds so fun. So fun. First of all, I think judging a 60-year-old birthday party singing competition sounds fun. If it's your next-door neighbor that you now have to interact with and it's going to bring you awkwardly closer. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? I say, do what Kristen says if it sounds fun. Go judge everyone if you enjoy being judgmental. (laughs) Or if you just want the day off, say, I'm not free. I'm sorry, but thanks for thinking of me. Yeah, and you... you Don't even say that. Say, I'm not available today, but have a blast. Because when you say thanks for thinking of me, it sounds like, oh, I'll invite her to the next party. And And you have to remember, you don't owe anything to anybody. Unless you have a dependent, you're really allowed to say no to anything. And even if you might in your head think, oh, I see why Tig and Kristen say that could be fun, but my body tells me I don't want to be in an environment where I'm in a neighbor's backyard and I don't know many people and I have a requirement to judge. If that just Mm -hmm. doesn't feel good in your body, you are absolutely allowed to just say, oh, that sounds so fun. I'm not going to be able to make it, but have a blast. All right. Well, Kristen, that's what Kristen thinks. Thanks, Kristen. And thanks, Kristen. Kristen, this is our last listener question. Emma writes, Dear Tig, my husband and I are in a tricky situation with our brother-in-law, who we are very close with. He is a professional videographer and offered to edit our wedding video as a wedding gift which we are so thankful for. The thing is, the wedding was four years ago and we have yet to see any video. We have brought it up a few times over the past year with no results. Should we offer to pay him at this point even though we can't afford what he would normally charge? Or do we just give up and ask for the raw footage so we can finally watch some of it? I mean, why hasn't he done it in four years? Okay. That's my hang up here. Yeah. People procrastinate. Not Just ask for the footage. Kristen Bell. Yeah. Ask for the footage or offer to pay him because this guy is offering to do it for free and he hasn't done it. So if you say, I'm willing to pay for it, is there a deal you can cut me? I just need the footage. If you can't afford what he's normally charging, then it sounds mm-hmm. like he makes a fine living mm-hmm. and that he's just not prioritizing it, which that's totally okay. If someone's not yeah. prioritizing you, though, then you are allowed to take your business, be it emotional or an actual business, elsewhere. I would ask a point blank question 
to be honest before offering to pay him. Because if he offered to do it, then the sentiment of like, I want this to be a gift is there. Rather than removing that for the benefit of both parties, because it might seem like, oh, well, now they want to pay me. Um, I was trying to give him a gift. You could just say, do you really think you're ever going to get around to it? Because if you're busy, that's totally fine. If you don't think you'll get around to it, I'd love to have the raw footage back to see what we can put together. And let's make it active. I'd like to get the raw footage back this week, please. I'd like to get the raw footage back this week because I'm so excited to see it. You just want your footage back and you'd like it back this week. Here's the thing we're not thinking about. It's a brother-in-law, which means it's like close intimate family is always a little bit trickier. So I like the fact that she used the word tricky because that's true. I think you could start out by acknowledging that it's going to be tricky. Hey, I this is going to be a really awkward question. Danny or whatever his name is. But I wouldn't put too much in that. I mean, that's all like, it's all in the delivery. You know, like being like, oh, this is awkward. I feel like you're setting it up when it maybe wouldn't be. Look, if you want to present it as awkward, great. But my instinct is that you don't say, this is really hard. You know, you're coming in with a heaviness. I mean, I guess you're right, because I'm like labeling the conversation before the tone has even happened. I mean, and this is why, you know, this is why we're always up for the same role and why you always get it, because my instincts are bad. (laughs) Now, let me interpret. Kristen is making a joke because we've never been up for the same role, and she actually gets all the roles. But go ahead, Kristen. (laughs) I start out... Go ahead, as I sit in my home office that Stephanie says looks like The kind of office you would go to if you got rear-ended in Omaha. (laughs) This is the attorney's office you would go to. That's what she says my home office looks like. But go ahead, Kristen. Well, if it means anything to you, take I'm in my child's bed right now because I don't have an office. I bop (laughs) around the house. Um, You're right. I tend to create this emotional pathway between me and the other person so -hmm. that there's ultimate clarity that I'm not trying to alpha anyone, but that's just like my default. So you're actually correct in saying it doesn't need to be awkward. You're, you're right about everything. I do think though, there needs to be a little bit of clarity in that I'm not just asking again, like I have once a year for the last four years, this will be a request that will require a conclusion so that we can put this issue to bed. So, Mm -hmm. Hey, I just want to hear you loud and clear. Do you think you're going to have time to do that? Or could we pay you for your time? And if you're busy, I'd love the raw footage back this week. We're really excited to see it. Also would love to see it before we get divorced. Yeah, exactly. Put a time frame on it. Yeah. 5 p.m. Friday. Well, Emma, happy anniversary of not having a wedding video. Kristen, there's one more thing we have to do, okay? Okay. Before you go. In this segment, we take a real question from an advice column of the past and try to answer it a little better. This is Advice of Yesteryear. When Jerry brags about taking Ginny out, he learns that she dates all the boys. So as we see now, menstruation is just one routine step in a normal and natural cycle. How do you choose a date? Well, one thing you can consider is look. I did everything you said, but my boss still hasn't asked me to lunch. This question was sent in 1924 
to Dorothy Dix's letterbox. Bill writes, Dear Miss Dorothy Dix, My wife is so jealous of me that she doesn't want me even to look after my business nor talk to other men. I have lost all of my friends trying to please her. She quarrels with me from the time I come home until I go out. Please tell me what to do. Kristen, do you have any advice for Bill before I tell you what Dorothy Dix had to say? I need so many more details. And not just for the entertainment value, but like... This person's a skeleton. This is from 1924. I need to know if Bill has any narcissistic qualities and is making any of this up. But if, let's just say, Bill is telling the truth, that doesn't sound like a very happy, healthy marriage, and you got to do the thing that none of the churches want to see you do in 24 and sign some divorce papers. Mm Mm-hmm. I think people deserve to be happy. So that's why I'd say get divorced. Yeah. And what makes you think he's making it up and that he's a narcissist? I think that's interesting that you went there because I just naively was like, I'm sorry to hear this, Bill. Well, anyone who thinks the world is happening to them Mm, triggers mm -hmm. me a little bit because I'm like, guess what? It's not. You have a ton of options. You can become Mm. clearer with your boundaries. If you're asking for someone to tell you to get divorced, you've Mm -hmm. already had that thought. Mm -hmm. You don't need to wait for a columnist to give you this free pass to say, well, she told me I should get divorced, so it's okay. You got to know in your heart, are you happy? If you're not, Mm -hmm. get divorced. And it just sounds, he sounds a tiny bit dramatic. I mean, who's he married to? Like Satan? She sounds like she's got zero good qualities, which that's, people aren't black and white like that. But she's gorgeous. Okay, well, there's a start. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) what this bag of bones looks like either. I hear what you're saying. It's funny because Thomas, our producer, who, you know, he and I were at brunch this morning and we were talking about people do go through life just saying, oh, my gosh, these people did this to me and this is the worst. And and they just complain and there's nothing good. And this happened to me. I mean, I know life can get hard. Yeah. And there are really rough times, but. There are some people that I know should not be complaining (laughs) the way that they are. Well, and it's like you can complain, but you have to look at it a little bit from this perspective of Adlerian psychology, which is like people aren't necessarily driven by, he believes, past traumatizations or past experiences, but rather are proceeding based on a goal that they themselves choose. So if you want to be in a crappy marriage and you want to feel like a victim all the time, then that's the path you're going to choose. People aren't as black and white as this question sounds to me in my experience. Mm -hmm. So I want to say to him, Bill, whatever Mm -hmm. his name is. Bill, listen up. Bill, what is your relationship with your wife like outside of work and household duties? Do you go on any dates? What was it like in the beginning? Because to me, if she's bugging you this much, she sounds unfulfilled. And Bill, you do have to have 50% of this marriage on your shoulders. So sometimes if someone's really grumpy, I find that it oftentimes can be reconciled by the other person with an olive branch. So maybe if Bill took her out to dinner, she wouldn't be such a nag. Okay, what I'm saying? Well, Kristen, I do. <laughs> 
I do, but it is really making me laugh as I'm reading what Dorothy Dix had to say in 1924. Tell me. (laughs) The answer is, that kind of jealousy is insanity. Bill, call in an alienist and have her examine. The idea that she is about to be committed to an asylum will scare her dumb. I'm sorry, Dorothy, what? That kind of jealousy is insanity. Bill, call in an alienist and have her examine. The idea that she is about to be committed to an asylum will scare her dumb. Now, again, Dorothy is thinking that Bill's telling the truth. And I just don't think that's how humans operate. Like, Mm -hmm. Bill's got some shady secrets that he is not talking about. Bill has not done a fierce moral inventory in a hundred years. Okay, I hear you. But what about Dorothy? First of all, we're agreeing that Dorothy is actually a female because this sounds... Oh, you're right. She doesn't sound like a female to me. Kristen. See, I'm just like, you think you're naive? I'm sitting here going, poor Bill and Dorothy Dix. I was, you know, picturing like a dolly wig. No way. Dorothy Dix is someone sitting in like a madman office, chain smoking, (laughs) drinking whiskey, just, you know, sending, writing checks to the patriarchy, figuring out. You are right. Yes, yes. Also because those columns used to be real money makers for the newspapers Mm -hmm. because all the housewives would read them and they'd buy all the papers. For sure, Dorothy's not a woman. Okay. And... That was terrible advice. Well, now you just ruined our advice of yesteryear because <gasps> now everyone will just be like, oh, it's a, just a grumpy old man drinking whiskey. But sometimes isn't that the answer, though? Yeah. More often than not. Yeah, I guess you're right. Kristen Bell, thank you so much for doing my podcast that I think will one day be neck and neck with Dax's. But it means so much to me that you took time, even though you said your schedule is kind of free for two weeks, but that you (laughs) took time to judge my 60-year-old singing contest of a podcast. This has been a dream come true for me to (laughs) allow the listeners to hear us fall into this deep, deep, deep best friendship. Yes. And I hope that when our top, the toppest secretist project sees the light of day, they'll know that, you know, we'll be yes. there forever yeah. for each other. Crying in each other's arms. Always. Always, Kristen. <laughs> uh, this was so much fun, and you're such a gosh darn delight. And I was wondering if you would like to share anything or promote anything on uh, Don't Ask Tig? Well, I will say this. I have a um, a movie that I'm excited about that comes out in... November on Amazon called The People We Hate at the Wedding. And it's based on a book. And the reason I thought of it just now is because there's a thruple situation in it. Ah, And mm -hmm. it's pretty funny because one member is so anti-thruple, played Mm -hmm. by Ben Platt, the beautiful, crazy, talented actor, musician, Ben Platt, and Karin Sony, who plays his boyfriend. And there's an incredibly funny thruple situation they get into. But it's basically Ben Platt, Allison Janney, and I going to a wedding in London, complaining a lot, only to discover we are the people they hate at the wedding. <laughs> That's great. Allison is the best. As are you. Thank you again. And I will probably see you uh, 
in a few days or something. I certainly hope so. You're my best friend. And I you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Tig is hosted by me, Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Willett, Shana Deloria, and Lauren Humphert. Our executive producer and editor is Beth Perlman. Engineering and sound mixing by Alex Simpson. Digital production by James Napoli. Talent booking by Marianne Ways. Our theme music is Friend in Tig by Edie Burkell and Kyle Crusham. And Listen to Your Heart by Edie Burkell. Special thanks to Hunter Seidman. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavadi, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Concept developed by Tracy Mumford. Our executive consultant is Dean Capello and Gobsmack Studios. You can always ask for advice at don'tasktig.org. Just write in with your problem or send us a voice memo. Remember to follow us on social media at Don't Ask Tig. Don't Ask Tig is a production of American Public Media. And as always, thanks, Dana, and I'll tell Becky. stand-up comedian and sex symbol Tig Notaro. And I'm actor and writer Cheryl Hines. Before Cheryl and I got into the big business of podcasting together, (laughs) we were just simply friends. And we're still friends. But now we talk about a different documentary every week on our podcast, Tig and Cheryl, True Story. So whether you love documentaries or just want to hear us slowly lose our minds, check out Tig and Cheryl, True Story, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, cool. (laughs) 